Hey, Dwight, they're doing a Writer's Bagel Basket play. Want to go see it? Yeah, sure. That that sounds awesome. Who, who's putting it on? I don't know. Oh, just some, just some jamokes? Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's go. Amateur theater. Nice. Hi, my name is Scott Carlin, and I like exploitation films and Bebe's Kids. What the hell? That, uh, when I uh, go to the movies for my for my, my bagel baskety blog, I like to watch them. That's not even accurate. I, Hi, my name's Dwight Stearns, and I love video games. Well, I I guess I do. Yeah, this is this is pretty good so far. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, and I love making fun of other things that I know nothing about. Well, uh, I try to have informed opinions. I've murdered 12 people. Okay, how do they know that? I, I mean, wait, what? No. <laughs> we watched Avatar Ember, Ember City Players? The play. It's called The Play, Scott. <laughs> I think it's Ember City Players. Yep. Ember, Ember Island Players. Ember Island Players. And that means it's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. Tear me apart, Lisa! Fourteen! Great birthdays without him. He never even sent me a damn card. Down with him! Because I'm Homer Simpson! Pizza, pizza, pizza! <laughs> Welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I'm Scott Curlin. I'm Dwight Stearns. Uh, so, Dwight, we're uh, doing some anime this month. Yeah, we're getting into the uh, the anime segments, I believe. Um, so this is, uh, the first thing we watched for this is a, sh- a show on Nickelodeon called Avatar The Last Airbender, um, commonly known as just Avatar. Yeah, and this isn't just like anime, this is like asian culture like yeah what inspired it because avatar was inspired a lot by classic anime tv shows yeah this is this is definitely technically western animation um it was done by nickelodeon it was done in america but there's a lot of anime influences from not only the storytelling like the long form standard of storytelling um it being a children's show uh long form storytelling isn't that um doesn't happen that often, or didn't happen around the time that this show came yeah, out. You wouldn't see that in like nope. Rugrats or Doug. Or exactly, something. and the um, animation, certain animation cues um, are very anime, like facial expressions or um, the big uh, sweat drops and things like that. That's very anime. But uh, yeah, that's Avatar. Yeah, and what I like about each season, it's only three seasons long, and I like after the third season, I was like, I want more. <laughs> And then we got Legends of Korra, which I'm iffy on. I, I it's a slow drag for me for that show. I still haven't watched it. I have the first season on DVD, but I need to finish. The, I need to actually watch it. And what I loved about this show is that it, it does like each season tells an entire story of a different tribe. Mm-hmm. So it does like fire, earth, and water. Yeah, water's the first book. Earth is the second book, and fire's the third book. I would have loved to see air for like the fourth and show like well yeah but story-wise the air tribe no longer exists yeah ang is the last airbender he's the last person there so i mean you really unless they did like a major flashback for a majority of a season like when the airbenders were in their prime i don't really 
know how they could have done that unless they did like a skip forward like 80 years into the future when like the airbender tribe would have been like brought back and they would be like in their current power like back to like a, a power almost like oh, a cora oh they do that in cora <laughs> thanks you're welcome thanks you said you wanted more you got it yeah but i wanted like more like of the characters that i like like Sokka, ang katara i almost said chitara <laughs> Close, but not not quite. <laughs> um, and like Zuko, and so this episode basically is right before the series finale, yep. like the four part series finale. Yeah, this is uh, I believe it's episode eighteen or seventeen of season three, um, and it's their recap episode more or less. It's a way to get the audience caught up and reminded of everything that has happened, most things that have happened. Up until this point. And they let you know that this is like, guys, this is a filler episode. Yeah, exactly. Because there's at one point where Sokka is talking about, like, oh, let's go see this play. He's like, I love it. We haven't done uh, fun nonsense things in forever. So, like, you know this is going to be a lighthearted episode. Nothing's at stake. There is no um, no fights happen during this one or anything like that. It's a, a, just a, it's a catch-up. Yeah, and at this point, so, like, the entire series goes... Katara and Sokka are from the Water Tribe, which they're like mm-hmm. Inuits. They're like yeah they're, yeah, they're from the South Pole. And they find Aang, who is the Avatar. Mm-hmm. He's also the last Airbender, and he's the last person who can. Each tribe can has different abilities, so the Water Tribe can bend water. Mm-hmm. Air Tribe can basically fly. Yeah, they can control air currents and and stuff like that. And uh, the Earth. Uh, tribe can basically make dirt move. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, rocks fly up. Yeah, rocks fly, dirt move. And then the fire tribe basically are murderers. Yeah, they're they're the bad guys. Pretty hardcore. And They use fire, by the way. Yeah, and there's a hunt for the Avatar led by a disgraced prince named Zuko. Mm-hmm. And they get into that in this. They basically... Because Zuko, to even set this episode up, you need to know that Zuko is now a good guy. He was a bad guy, now he's a good guy. Yep. And I feel like he was always a good guy. He's just... In the first season, he was... That was when he was at his most overtly evil. And then all of season two is Zuko um, going through a massive redemption arc. And then at the end, he finally makes a choice... And then in season three, he regrets the set said choice, and then he goes back to um, try to get even more redeemed. Um, but season one is when he's like, season one's the only time where he's the active villain. Um, every other season has either uh, Azula or Fire Lord Ozai, like the rest of Zuko's family, more or less. And the voice acting on this show is so great. Yep. You have legends on it. You have Mark Hamill. And then you have Mako. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Don't he? He's uh, Uncle Iroh, and he is so perfect as Iroh. Him it's, and him and Sokka are my two favorite characters. Iroh, nice. Iroh is great. Iroh is fantastic. Um, the uh, Legends of Bossing say is that the name of the yep, episode? That was his last where, episode. Where that? Yeah, that episode is heartbreaking, and it's a perfect Iroh episode. We talked about doing that for. Yeah, that was a potential one as yeah. well. But this one just got everything in. We wanted to do a, a weirder one. And, like, it's really hard with this. The only two to do is either the Ember Island players. It's called the play. 
The name of the episode is called The Play. <laughs> right? Uh, no. Right? Yeah. <laughs> or Ember Island. Which one's Ember Island? That's the one where... Uh, oh, where they go on vacation. Where Azula and... Azula, um, Zuko, and I don't remember the name of, of their... There's the Contortionist Girl, and then... And then there's Emo Girl. Emo Girl. Uh, so basically there is Veruca Salt and Lisa Loeb. Yes. More or less. <laughs> and that episode is just weird because they they destroy a house party? Yeah, yeah, that's like a, it's almost like a teenage comedy that one until like you realize that these are people who are like can make fire explode from their f- yeah. fingers. Like that one I really liked actually because it almost humanizes Azula. And then she just goes insane. Oh, there's also, um, this season, also, they did Footloose. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was a weird episode. Yeah, that. W- so there were only, like, three to really do. There's, I mean... Yeah, well, um, the way that the show progressed was it started off as v- more or less pretty episodic, um... Each episode was kind of like a monster of the week, adventure of the week type of deal. And then as they progressed towards um, season two, and the end of season one really does this a lot, where you get some like massive like multi-parters where um, they're either doing a full-on assault, so like you have like a couple battle episodes, or you have like characters who are act- actively progressing along a map as opposed to just we're showing up to a place today. So. The the earlier ones felt a little more fluffy, and they felt a little more um, less important to the overall plot, plot, overarching plot. But once you get to season three, there's only like a couple of episodes that are fluff as opposed to earlier. So let's get into the Ember Island players. You know the play. The, the play. Thank you. And so it it as we said before, Sokka. Who Sokka is like the best. Let's agree that he's just great. Oh, I will agree with you. Sokka's great. I'm not. He's not my favorite, but I like. I love Sokka. Sokka's fantastic. His, his story is great. His his episode where he mm-hmm. gets a master, where he gets the sword and everything. Yeah. yeah, Sokka is an awesome character because everyone else around Sokka has bending powers. So Sokka is basically just a normal dude, but he is still important to the to the characters and that's what makes him special is because no matter what, he's still a part of the team and he's still like important. And also his like every time he finds someone to love, they they have more better abilities than him. One of them is a ninja <laughs> and the other one turns into, into the, the moon. moon. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. And that oh, that's where Sokka. my favorite line of the entire series comes from. Um, cuz him and him and uh, Zuko are talking about, you know, having it rough mm-hmm. and like love and Zuko goes, "Have you ever been in love?" and he goes, "The first woman I ever loved turned into <laughs> turned into the moon." And he goes, oh, "That's rough, dude." Is that the one where they're in the tent? That's the one where they go to break out um Sokka's dad oh, in okay. the prison. Yeah, that one's good. My f- favorite Sokka, Sokka Zuko moment is right before. I think it's it's right. Oh, be- it's the episode like before the final battle, mm-hmm. or maybe it's de- during the final battle. And like Sokka's in his tent, and he's like clearly waiting for like Suki. And Zuko goes in, and Sokka's got like all these flowers laid out, and in he's front in a of robe, him. exactly in his robe. He's like, "Hello," and it's just uh, Zuko, it- and they're like, "He's like, oh." Hi. Yeah, because Zuko's face just goes. Yes, that was wicked funny. 
like the writing on the show is just really good. And it's a kids show, so that was a that was a bone and joke on yeah. a kids show. Yeah, and, which is weird. Um, so Sokka talks them into going to this play. Yep. And the play is basically Peter Pan. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least with Aang, yeah, it's totally Peter Pan. Yeah, because uh, there this playwright. What did they say he did? He, um, he traveled the world following the he traveled the world and got first-hand accounts from they were like army people um uh minstrels uh other type of like dignitaries and one incredibly informed cabbage uh cabbage salesman which goes back to a joke that they always do where they always knock down those cabbage guys uh stand and he just goes my cabbages my cabbages i love it it's so funny and so they actually go to the play, and they're in disguise. Well, the only one who's truly in disguise is Aang. He, yeah. has, he has to wear a Keepler elves hat. <laughs> More or less. The rest of them it's so are, are just wearing the um, just red Fire Nation clothes. Yeah. Um, did they explain? He shaved his head for another thing earlier, because he had grown his hair out at one he point. He grew his hair out, well, not by choice. In season two, when he gets knocked out, he's in the coma. Yep. When he wakes up, he has hair. Yeah, but he keeps his hair for to most of the season. Yeah, to exactly. Blend to blend in. in. It's Shosen's Comet, where he shaves it off when he's going to do battle with the Fire Lord the but, first time. Oh, he's so not the And yeah, he's the not there. there. Yep. And that's where um, Sokka's dad gets kidnapped. Oh, yeah, yeah, And then, oh, that was another episode that uh, I mentioned to you to do, is uh, Nightmares and Daydreams, where he he can't sleep the night before. Oh, yeah, and he's, like, hallucinating. And he's seeing, like, Dragon Ball Z and, like, Natruo or... Naruto. Naruto. Or Naruto is technically the pronunciation. Yeah. I say Naruto because I'm American. And so, like... That that's another weird one, but yeah, he's bald now. Because before, all he had to do is go into town with his hair and with like the Karate Kid. Like. Yep, to block his tattoos. Um, but now he has to wear a hat. Yes, wear the dorkiest hat. <laughs> but he didn't have to because like everyone was cosplaying at this thing. Yeah, which was they even mentioned that with Zuko at one point. Yeah, so he technically did not have to wear. Nope. His hat, he could have just cosplayed as the Avatar. And the play starts out so weird because... Well, it starts out with the opening sequence of the show with Sokka and Zuko, no, Sokka and Katara um, in the South uh, the South Pole, like in the middle of there um, with a boat. And it like 100% is immediately over the top on their personalities because Katara is like giving these impassioned monologues and just bawling her eyes out. And Sokka's just like, I'm hungry. I want food. I'm hungry. I want meat. And I know they're all supposed to be uh, caricatures of them, Mm -hmm. but the Sokka one is pretty accurate. It really is. The Katara one, I mean, when she gets upset, it's always story-related, so it's never like she's getting... She's usually not getting upset for no reason, but the Sokka stuff, I mean, that's like a character trait, and they nailed it. And I feel like they're commenting with the actress Katara, like, over, like, sexualizing, like, female Oh, definitely. Because she's wearing, like, 
a very skimpy outfit. Yeah, her it's like a wicked high cut on her um upper legs and like she's blasting cleavage. <laughs> so and uh basically they free Aang, and Aang's like, here I come, and he's so excited. <laughs> and then it's Rachel Dratch. Wait, is that a woman playing me? I don't do that. That's not what I'm like. And I'm not a woman. <laughs> oh, they nailed you, Twinkle Toes. <laughs> yep. It's Rachel Dratch doing the voice. And they do the Peter Pan thing, where Peter Pan is usually played by a woman. Mm-hmm. And the look on his face is like, What? No. I wonder if that would happen nowadays. If they would make somebody so upset about being played by a woman. Because in today's modern political climate, like the idea over like gender roles and stuff like that has shifted so drastically. But yeah, in this in this moment Aang gets like super upset because I'm being played by a girl and I don't like it that I'm being played by a girl. What do they think I am? A girl? Uh, then they go to Zuko. They make me look totally stiff and humorless. Actually, I think that actor's pretty spot on. How could you say that? How could you say that? <laughs> and he's like, I'm not that whiny, am I? Like, the whole time they're saying, I'm not like that. And everyone else is always like, eh, well, that, yeah. That's why at the beginning of this episode, we made fun of ourselves. Yes. <laughs> um... But yeah, so Zuko, Zuko and Sokka are like the two most like themselves. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. And oh, they haven't even gotten to Toph yet. But nope, Toph's after intermission. Yeah, so Ang Ang can't believe he's a, a woman, mm-hmm. and he can't believe how like cheery he is. Katara is pretending not to be upset by it, and it it's like. They're getting everything right. They're getting the entire show right. Like, mm-hmm. this happened here. And then when they meet Boomy. Oh, that was funny. It's not even the actor who played Boomy. They got Dee Bradley Baker, who's the voice of Appa. To and do, Momo. And Momo to do the voice of actor uh, um, Boomy. And mm-hmm. he actually does a pretty good job. It, it's pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. And what I loved about this is it shows what, like, a play really is. Like, you have the stagehand out back, like, yep. wrangling props. Yeah, pu- pulling props, and, like, they would they would always... They were doing these special effects for, like... If they were, like, throwing a rock or something like that, they would have someone in, like, a black costume, like, running the rock across the, the stage and stuff like that. And yeah, that was, that was really funny. I mean, this comments both on, like, theater and on making fun of yourself, because mm. this isn't the first it's time... It's all tongue-in-cheek. This is not the first time Avatar has made fun of themselves because they also made fun of themselves with a, uh, and the Fire Lord King got a bear, like a cheetah bear or like a wolf bear. <laughs> no, a a bear. You mean like uh like a, like yeah they they were because every animal in Avatar world is two animals combined, and so when they run into just a bear, it blows their mind, which is wicked funny. <laughs> what? Get out of here. <laughs> I also liked when they were doing the recap, and they, um, they're, the three of them are flying on Appa in the recap, and they're looking down, and they're like, oh, look, down there, that's the Great Divide. Do you want to stop? Nah, we can keep on going, because the Great Divide is, like, more or less uh, agreed upon as, like, the worst episode in Avatar history, and it's, like, a bad episode. And so, like, even in their recap, they were just like, nah, we'll just skip it, because it's not important, <laughs> and no one likes it, which is uh- funny. And, oh, 
Um, how how do you say Sokka's girlfriend's name? Is it Zuki? Um, I thought it was Suki. Suki. It might be Zuki or Suki. It's one of those two. She's played by. Um, do you remember the California Dreams, the TV show? No, I it was don't. on after Saved by the Bell. I'd never watched that much. They Saved had by the Bell. one Asian actress on that show who her character always talked about, like always having to be a stereotype, mm-hmm. and she's on this show basically playing a ninja. <laughs> and I, I, I always got a kick out of that. She is. I, I like Suki. Yeah, she's great. So the whole time. The actress who's playing Katara is is basically crying in every scene. Oh, yeah. She cries over, like, there was a, a point where she was just being... I don't even remember what she was saying. She was just like, I'm so happy. I'm tear-bending. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and she's... They show her, like, super boy crazy. Like, if you know the series, Jet was, like, this Peter Pan-like character, bandit, Robin mm-hmm. Hood type of guy. And she has a mini romance with him. In that one episode. And then she has one tender moment with Zuko at the end of season two. That was like when, with like the, her mother stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like when he was talking about her mother, because like her mother was killed in a fire country raid type of deal. Yeah. At the end of the finale, like when they're in the Jade or Emerald room and they, they over like, you know, romanticize that Mm -hmm. and Aang is getting like so upset yeah, I mean, like, Aang is a great character, but this is, like, a good... And this is a example of him being a good character because he still has, like, these, like, childish, like, jealousies and seeing something portrayed in a play is enough to, like, trigger him and be like, I... That that must be real. That is making me upset. Even though he knows everything else that he's watched has been, like, fabricated crap. Yeah, it's been super fake and he knows it. Yep. And... He's just getting more and more jealous. And then in that scene, he, uh, actor Zuko, who's played by uh, Dante Bosco's real brother. Which is funny, yep. Goes, oh, I thought you were with the Avatar. And she goes, no, I love him like a brother. And he's like... Wah, wah. Yeah, and Aang's like, I'm leaving. And Aang like bombs away. Yeah, and that's when Sokka has like the best. He's like, can you go get me some fire jellies? <laughs> oh, oh, and some sort of jerky or something uh, like fire that. Flakes. Yeah, fire flakes. Fire jerky, uh, fire, fire gummies and, and fire, fire gummies. And uh, then it, they reach intermission and everyone's complaining about the play. Oh, yeah, they all hate it, obviously. <laughs> the only person who hasn't hated it so far has been Toph because when Toph had shown up in the play um she was being played by this like not yet no uh, well yeah she, she hasn't seen her character yet okay well then we've skipped ahead because ang doesn't um oh, leave okay. until the second half i thought there were two intermissions there well there was two commercials i don't know if there's two inter- there were two intermissions but ang left before the first one because oh, okay. in the second one i ang left before the second one because then the second one zuko's like or sokka's like hey, he hasn't come back with my my flakes yet okay but anyways Oh, okay. So, uh, Toph... It's the first intermission. First intermission. Toph is like, why is everyone so upset? Like, (laughs) it's just a play. Relax. It's not real. And then they're like, okay, let's see how you like it when they finally get to you. This is it! This must be where I come in! (laughs) (laughs) Who are you? My name's Toph, because it sounds like Toph. Well, Toph, what you hear up there is the truth. It hurts, doesn't it? Are you kidding me? I 
wouldn't have cast it any other way. <laughs> At least it's not a flying bald lady. And she loves it. Yeah, because it's being played by this like seven foot tall, just like Jacked. just exactly like ripped bodybuilder. Like and, the rock would play him. Exactly. And it's voiced by John DiMaggio, who voices Bender and like all those other like tough type characters. Jake He's like, the dog. Hello. And and Toph loves it. Yeah. And everyone's like looking at her, they're like, oh, Toph's going to hate this. She's going to hate this. And she thinks it's the best. She's like, that's how I would have cast it. Yeah. She's like, this is, it's like, um, on How I Met Your Mother when they did The Wedding Bride and Barney's watching it and she's like, he's like, this is exactly what happened. <laughs> the nunchucks and everything. <laughs> yeah. Good episode. And that's how I feel about like Avatar The Last Airbender. Toph is like the Barney. Oh, totally. Yeah, she is. Um, I what, love Toph. I love Toph too. My favorite Toph moment is um, when she starts hustling people. Oh, because like with the shell game, or am I thinking making something? Um, thinking something it's else? when they're in the Fire Nation. Um, her and Sokka start hustling people, mm-hmm. and uh, Katara finds a, a wanted poster for her, and she goes, "What is this?" And she's holding it in front of her face, and she goes, I don't know! <laughs> I can't see! My, my favorite top moment like that is when they're um, flying above the desert, and she's like, oh, there it is! Because like, they're, they're flying on Appa, and she, they're looking for like a building or something like that, and she's like, there it is! And everyone's like, what? Where? And she's like, ha ha! Made you all look. Because <laughs> she can't see. Because she's blind. And that was, that was another great like, character trait that they, could, that they did for her. Making her blind was like genius. Yeah, it's uh, so funny. Do you think they did that because of the blind swordsman? Uh, for Zayachi? Yeah, maybe. It's possible that was an inspiration. I mean, it was just a good way to make her character just have that much more depth, I think. If she if she could see, it wouldn't have been as impactful. So, at this point, has Sokka given the actor notes? Uh, he gives him notes during the second intermission. Okay. So... Aang's getting more and more anxious because uh, what we are reminded of is that him and Katara had a kiss. Yep. And they've never talked about it since. Yeah, they like kissed before they went to do like an invasion or something Shows like that. Or, comment. Yeah, the very first one, yeah. Mm-hmm. And since then, nothing's happened. And he's getting a little impatient. Well, yeah, because, I mean, he potentially might go get killed in the next couple of days when fighting the fire lord and he wants her to know he loves her yep so which has always been a little weird for me because i know they've been through a lot and like i know they like when you're in like wartime with your buddies and stuff like that it forms like a bond but ang's like 12 and katara's like 14 15 it's a little awkward at times i understand like back then that that was like the norm yeah, i guess yeah but now it's just weird yeah yeah so back then in 2005 when the show came out it was the norm <laughs> very funny. i assume is what you're what you're talking about no i'm talking about like back I then know. like the millionth century <laughs> oh yes uh, but it's uh anyways go no no oh uh, i'm trying to remember what happens next um so they're, if we're going at the second intermission, or around the second intermission, Sok, uh, Katara is like, I'm going to go find Aang. And her and Aang start talking about the kiss and whether or not it means anything to each, to each other. And Katara is like being very, not even apprehensive, but she's like, I don't know. I'm confused what's going on because she's been, 
I mean, a lot has been happening to them in general. Like, they're about to go fight the Fire Lord, and they're in a strange country, and um, her father's been... Has her father been kidnapped at this point? Or, no, or they captured? got him back. They got him back, but still, like, they're uh, separated from him at this point. And, and just, she it, almost murdered someone. I was right with the bu- uh, blood, blood bending. bending. She, uh, who was that? Um, T- Tress McNeil, I think, was the person who... Uh, Tess McNeil? Uh, the woman who Tress plays... Tress McNeil. Tress. She plays Mom on Futurama, and went she on talks. this show, she sounded just like Mom, and I was like... That's Mom from Futurama. She's also the voice of Dot on Animaniacs. Yes, which is awesome. Yeah, and uh, she's Agnes Skinner. Oh, yeah, that's right. Agnes, it means lamb. Lamb of God. (laughs) And she, that's the episode where... Tress McNeil teaches her how to bloodbend. And it's just she, messed up. Bloodbending oh, is, is insane. I remember watching that episode and being so uncomfortable. It hurts me, like, yeah, thinking like, about the, it. Your arms just start, like, tingling. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, yeah, we shouldn't probably ever do that again. And then in Legends of Court, they do it a ton. Oh, do they really? Yeah, it's really upsetting. It's like a war crime, though, at that point, isn't it? It is. Or... It is, and that, that's why I don't like Legends of Court, because I don't like bloodbending. I mean, uh, none of this is real. <laughs> I'm acting like it's all yeah, real. Exactly. Like, there's people out there who actually bloodbend, and you're like, no, I don't like it. <laughs> Just right now? You big baby. 20 people got killed. Got blood bloodbended. Blood their, their heads got broken. Their necks got snapped behind them. And so she's been through a lot, and she's like, listen, I, I, it's been very emotional. And then he kisses her. Yeah, and she's like, I just told you I was confused. Mm -hmm. What is going on here? (laughs) Like, that just reminds me of, like, movies where uh, the girl goes, I don't know if I want to be with you. I'm confused. And then the guy makes a move. And she's like, what? (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Come on. Come on, Aang. I mean. Come on. Is she out of line or is he out of line? Oh, I I don't think either of them are out of line. I think they're just both children in a wartime situation, and they're both confused. I don't think either of them are at fault or should be held accountable for their actions in this situation. Um, Especially Aang, because, like, it's not like Katara told him not to kiss her, and they'd already kissed once before, but he's literally has the weight of the world on his shoulders it is all up to him to be the one to save everything and like over the next couple of episodes he's been wrestling with that for the past couple episodes and it super comes to a head in the last three episodes so he deserves a smooch yeah exactly give give him give him a kiss on the cheek katara he's he's going to die for you (laughs) potentially so Mm, I think I mean, you can handle that. I mean, Zuki and, and Sokka are, you know... Oh, they're, having... they're banging like rabbits in the tent. Like, go to town. That's what they did. Um, <laughs> so, but like... He's wearing silk robes. Right? And he has, like, petals of flowers. Exactly. But, like, I, but Katara also, I mean, she's also potentially going to her death, and she just doesn't know. So, I mean, I can't, get, can't fault either of them, personally. So then uh, Sokka sneaks backstage... And he's giving the actor, the actor who's playing him, the voice actor is Scott Mainville, who it is Robin on Teen Titans. Oh yeah, and which he, is awesome. He's also Andy French on um, Mission Hill. Oh okay, yeah. I remember Mission Hill. And so he does the same Andy French voice that he does, <laughs> or Kevin French, one of the French brothers, and. He is so apprehensive at first. He's like, oh, another fan wanting to give notes. 
and he's like, well, these are really good. That was awesome. Like the guy like who's playing Sokka like understands the Sokka character and like starts to connect to him. And I was like, oh, okay, that's funny. So that had me questioning: Is this guy like going method? He, apparently he is was. He, because is he going like full? Me- is he like? james francoing it and like in between takes staying in character you know that's very possible because he then utilizes the um he uses the things that Sokka gives him he uses at least three of Sokka's jokes right away and Sokka loved it which was super awesome Sokka felt like lorne michaels like <laughs> like oh this is good this uh stays in the show saturday night we're we're good on this one and so the play starts again, and now Aang is not sitting near Katara and Zuko. Yeah, he's like moved behind. Uh, he's like yeah, he's sitting, next to sitting, Sokka. Yeah, exactly, he's moved up behind the row, and he just he's watching it, and he's just getting more and more embarrassed. Oh yeah, because at this point, like, there's even a scene in the play where Katara comes out and she's like. Aang is my best friend. I've loved you as a friend. And then like the, the You're the Aang, brother I owe the little brother I always wanted. And the actor Aang is like, Thanks, Katara. And then he's like I wouldn't want it hands. any other way. Exactly. And then they shake hands and then both real Katara and real Aang are like <laughs> super uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, and like the whole romance of them like really started I mean, you could say it started from the very beginning, but it really started in the Footloose episode when they danced and then mm. they kissed in Chosen's Comet. And... I mean, Aang had gotten jealous of Katara a couple of times, like, interacting with boys before that, but that was, you're right, you're right when it really comes to a head. Yeah, but also in that episode, uh, the Footloose one, Katara gets jealous of the girl who shows interest in Aang. Oh, okay, yeah. I remember that. The one whose boyfriend is a super jerk. <laughs> You know, like Footloose does. Yeah. And, I mean, this is like a Ross Rachel thing, will they, won't they? Yeah, it really is. But, I mean, to be fair, did you ever really think that they weren't going to end up together? I, honestly, when I when they introduced Toth, I thought Toth was going to end oh, up. Oh, okay. And I thought that Zuko would end up with Katara. Okay, I can see that. And then they made it clear that he liked emo girl, that Zuko yes. was... And um, May or Mai, I think her name was. May, I think. And I then think Tylee was the name of the other Tylee. girl. Um, and yeah, I want to talk about those characters later. But so then the play comes to the big climax where, oh, doesn't Zuko have like a giant waft of lush hair in the play? At one point, because in the second season, I know he grows his hair out. And so they mock that in this one by having him have like Fabio length hair. <laughs> He's got Wazo hair. Yep. And him and his, uh, he watches in the show, him and Iroh having like a falling out. And Zuko, uh, play Zuko's like, I don't like you anymore, uncle. You stink. And then he just like leaves. And yeah. And Toph is like, oh my God, did you really say that? And he's like, I might as well have. Emo, emo Zuko. Wah. Yeah. And um, this is, isn't this at the point where Uncle Iroh has escaped? Uh, yeah, Uncle I- Iroh's definitely escaped from... That was one of the greatest scenes in the show. When where, he, like, they where reveal he, he's jacked. Well, they reveal that he's jacked. And, like, that whole sequence of him, like, doing, like, push-ups and sit-ups and, like, getting, like, incredibly ripped in his uh, jail cell is awesome. But the sequence where he's talking to, like, a guard. Like, there's been, like, one guard who's been, like, really nice to him the entire time he's been in the prison. And, like, the guard, like, comes and gives him food. And, and Iroh just goes don't come in tomorrow. 
And the guy's like, what? He's like, go home and don't come in tomorrow. Because then when Iroh, like, murders everyone as he escapes uh, the firebending kingdom, and it was amazing. <laughs> Iroh's so cool. And this was at the point where they had to get the second actor to yeah. replace him. And he does a great match. He did. I, eh, he did fine. Um, he did as well as anybody could. I mean, you, they clearly gave Zuka or um, Iroh met much less lines. Of course, and I mean, they replaced the legendary Mako who passed away with like. Uh, uh, did you see Hail Caesar? No. He's one of the Jewish blacklisted writers. Oh, okay. In it, so they replaced you know a very well known Japanese actor with you know a very nebbish neurotic <laughs> Jewish man. So so you know like like you do. So you know they did the best they could. So at the end of the play, the play ends with everyone dying. All the main characters have been murdered in some way, shape, or form, and like that is a great way to set up going into the finale. I think because like you have like you've now shattered the confidence of your heroes to the point where like you have thousands or hundreds of people cheering for their deaths in front of you because everyone at the play is from the fire nation and they all lose their crap at the end when uh, ang is murdered and zuko is incinerated do you know what it reminded me of what did it remind you of in uh bugs life when they're watching the play okay (laughs) die die i'm dead (laughs) like just all of them horribly murdered. Oh, that's right, because when, when Aang dies in the play, it's just like, no! And everyone's like, yay! That was funny. <laughs> I thought that the episode was just going to end with like everyone cheering and then cut to them like... Just looking <gasps> shocked. Yeah. It more or less did, because the rest thing was just... There was that, and then it was just them walking out of the play being like, that play sucked, and then credits. That wasn't a good play i'll say no kidding horrible you said it but the effects were decent well i feel like this was also commentary on the actual movie because the movie oh, had the movie come out no the movie hadn't oh movie the movie came, hadn't come the movie out definitely yet. came out well after the show ended Can't, when did the, the show ended uh let me quickity look at it because the movie came out in 2010 yeah the show ended like in had it avatar uh the show ended in 2008 oh okay well then i'm talking out of my butt (laughs) um it's all good yeah but i just love how because a lot of people said that the movie was terrible but the special effects were pretty good with yeah that's right because they did say that oh the special maybe it was just them predicting the future which is terrifying (laughs) so like everything in the episode is good and it does I love when shows get meta and they. Oh, like, they got super meta. They got in this so one. meta. But the biggest problem with the entire series is that whole Sam and Diane will they, won't they? Mm-hmm. And they're also children. Yeah. I, That's the, always like a, a tricky subject when it comes to shows like this. And this show does, I think, a really good job of not portraying like the actual horrors of war but it portrays like and gets like ptsd at one point mm-hmm. uh, specifically in season three when he like loses his ability to go into the avatar state and like it like freaks him out and he like he has like flashbacks from it and like it and even ang's character to begin with the whole reason he like ran away from the um airbenders 
because like he didn't want the responsibility and pressure of this. Um, it's I like it when they handle children in that type of like appropriate gravity, like give them the appropriate like gravitas and gravity. Well, they treat children like children. Yes, exactly. And that's what's great. It's very similar to like uh, I don't know if you read Animorphs, but I read one book. Oh, okay, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, well, it reminds me of. Do you remember the Tomorrow People? No. It was a British series that uh, Nickelodeon bought and started showing it in the nineties. And it reminded me of that because the Tomorrow People did that. They treated kids like kids. These were kids who had like superpowers, and they didn't know how to use them. <laughs> oh, that'll do it. Yeah. So everything in this episode is good, but it's just so weird. <laughs> it's okay. What what this episode did was this was the recap episode. This was their clip show, and instead of doing a clip show. They made a, an in-joke where they go see a play, and so the audience has seen all this stuff before, but it's being twisted, and it's more comedic, and it's catching us up to date as to where all the characters are, and it's not resorting to the standard tropes of just being like, oh, do you guys remember all the times that we fell down, and then you see every clip of the Cabbage Man, or you see every clip of like Aang falling on his face. So that, that was very efficient and creative and i can applaud the show for doing something different and or i loved like, that or like that maze in uh the earth kingdom where boomy has them going through like the slides and stuff like that mm -hmm. um i mean the only like recap episode like show that i've ever seen that i've loved like going back to episodes like hey remember when we did this mm -hmm. is when they did it on community and they did recaps of episodes that never happened oh yeah that was hysterical yeah i like it when they like play with that type of stuff like or we were the simpsons did that too the, the hundred the hundredth and the 137th episode spectacular because they had to do a clip show so they did was that the one where they did like i'm lionel hutz and like he went troy to like McClure. The, the, troy mcclure and it was the lawyer stuff I no it was troy mcclure hosted it and he showed like deleted scenes that they never used oh, okay that's yeah. awesome yeah i um, love when they do and that's what they did here they did and, like, and, and we briefly talked about this earlier off off uh podcast but um the clerks animated series they did a clip show for episode mm -hmm. two yeah that's hysterical like i like it when people do things like that as opposed to you get like scrubs scrubs's clip show was horrible which one was it was that? in season seven and it was like during like the writer's strike and so like they just made a clip show like just because like we need an episode it was oh, it was bad because I, I know they tried to do... They did that in, like, season three or four of Scrubs with My Deja Vu. Mm -hmm. And it was just them recycling lines that they already used. Yeah. Eh. But they they didn't... That one was actually pretty good, though. That was clever correctly. because they didn't show cliffs. They, yeah, they, they did, said it. They recycled lines. And, like, plots and stuff like that. Yeah, Anyways, yeah. good stuff. Um. So, what episodes of Avatar do you think are like incredible that people should watch my absolute favorite episode of avatar but it's hard to recommend it because it's so specific but my absolute favorite episode of avatar is zuko alone it's um season two and it's the man with no name or yep, it's is the it, man with no name they, they, so zuko is in an old west town and he like meets this family and he kind of helps them out but then they find out who he is and it's like really really like it's an introspective moment for zuko and it helps color his character and it, that was the moment where i was like zuko is amazing and he became like if not my favorite character then one of my like top three he's awesome and he's really awesome in that episode 
And then in that episode, that's one of my favorites too. They never show anyone else. This it's the first time that they didn't cut away to a different character mm-hmm. or to a different storyline. It's all Zuko. Yep, exactly. From the beginning to the end, it's all Zuko, and it's awesome. My favorite um, is tied between Zuko alone and Tales of Bossing Say. Yes, Tales of Bossing Say is great as well. Only for one scene. The Iro scene. Iro story where he sings the so- story oh, or the also, soldier boy. Or yeah, like I also love. Um, Zuko's story in that one where he goes on a date. Yes. And he and the girl like really likes him. Um I mean with the char- the characters are so well developed. Even even like the weakest characters. Mm-hmm. Like I would I would say for me one of the weakest characters is the Fire Lord because he's Oh, he's in like two episodes. Yeah. Like, he barely does anything, but he's he has such an overwhelming presence and that's you know, effective. Also, I think that Azula is a weak character. Really, I like Azula because she's, she's so insane, bat, sh- bat stuff crazy. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I must. Um, but yeah, she she's just so freaky. She's just a super freak, super yeah. freak. One wholeheartedly. Also, I-, I wanted to ask you. Her relationship with Zuko always reminded me of Sarah Michelle Gellar's relationship with her uh, with Ryan Phillippe and uh, Cruel Intentions. Like they have this. It's been ver- a long time since I watched Cool Intentions. It, and then like she like oh yeah, it's like a incestuous. weird incestual thing. Yeah, because because there is one. I think it's season three at the beginning. She's just getting out of like a bath and mm-hmm. putting her robe on, and she calls Zuko to her room. Yeah, it's messed up. Yeah, like like their relationship is super weird, and also he dates her best friend. Yep. May is actually I love May. I think May is a great character. She's. I like her because of the choices that she makes at the end of the season at the show because of her relationship with Zuko. Like that's what I like that stuff. And like it's great because she comes off as this like emotionless like robot for the majority of the stuff. Like um, she's bored, not interested with everything. But then like she starts dating Zuko and like she changes for the better because of that. And then when she like at the, during the last couple of stuff, last couple of episodes, the, the decision she makes is makes makes you go yeah, like, you get really uh, excited about it. Um, but for me, the two best characters. I mean, I love Zuko. His mm-hmm. arc is so good, but Iroh is just amazing. I agree. Because fr- from the very beginning, he should be the Fire Lord. Yeah, but he abdicated right because of his it's his because son. his son. Yeah. Um, and his his journey. To be like Zuko's father is one of the most... It's so beautiful yep. and smart. And his writing has always been great. Like, mm-hmm. he can solve all of his problems with, like, a cup of tea. Yep, and he, he proves that. <laughs> I, I love when he gets so excited about being able to open up his own tea shop. Oh, in Ba Sing Se. Yeah, yep. and, and he, like, just has all of these schematics. <laughs> I liked... Uh, the thing with Iroh that I liked is... They had the early episode with, like, him missing his lotus petal. And, like, that's, like, or his lotus piece in the game that he likes to play. And that becoming, like, a, pl- a legitimate plot point in, like, the third season was awesome. Yeah, what was the name of their secret organization? Aren't they the Lotus? Like, oh. are they the Order of the Lotus? Order of the Lotus. Something like that. No? What is it? The White Lotus. The White, the White Lotus. Lotus. That's more... I was so close. Come on. <laughs> it, it was... Yeah. The White Lotus is. The Order of the White Lotus. The name of this episode is The Play. Deal with it. <laughs> it's my, it's yeah. I'm the one talking on the podcast. <laughs> um, honestly, 
I think as the show started, Aang started as a very strong character, and I I feel like this is an example of a character getting weaker as the, the series goes on. Okay. How so? Because the more he learns, the less whimsy he loses. Like, he starts out being this, like, really goofy, like, he just wants to be a kid, and it's, like, yep. a great metaphor for having to grow up and becoming a boring person. <laughs> Okay, no, I don't disagree with that. Like, specifically because, like, the whole reason that he left the the airbending nation, and then you're right, like, well, he gets really, like, depressed during this last season. Yeah. Because, like, well, I really liked his whole thing of, he's like, I don't want to kill the Fire Lord. He's like, he has, like, a, he's, like, drawn his, he's set his own limits on himself, and he's drawn his own, like, line in the sand. He's like, I'm not going to do this. And the entire show, it's like, no, he's going to have to do it. And the way they handle it is, awesome i think yeah he t- yeah i'm not gonna give it away but i mean also he wouldn't kill him because he's a monk yeah ex- yeah i i like how each individual tribe has their own specific like movements and philosophies and like it ma- obviously it matches the way that the their elements work Eastern, Western, and Southern, Northern culture. And it's just really cool. Like, I I like that type of detail that the show went into. So, the Water Tribe's supposed to be the South, the Earth is supposed to be the North, Fire's West, and and Air is East? Eh, kind of. Sure, more or less. Like, it's a little bit less cut and dry than that, because Water Tribe's technically North and South, because they're on the both of the poles, Mm -hmm. and then you've got... um, the west is earth, east is fire, and then the airbenders are just on like a tiny little island. Okay. So like, meh, I don't know. <laughs> it's still a good show. <laughs> if I, mean, I remember correctly, that's that's the way that the map was set up. Yeah. And, I mean, one of my favorite things about the show is Mae Whitman is Katara. It's Katara, yep. And Mae Whitman, for anyone who knows their... Who's oh, that? She's Anne, Anne from who? Arrested Development. Who? Katara. Her? May. <laughs> it's as plain as the Anne on Nose's face. Uh, that's my favorite line from Arrested <laughs> Development. And she she also is now a great voice actress. She is April O'Neil now on the new. Yep. And um, on the new TMNT. Yep. And she is Tinkerbell. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Tinkerbell that. for years. And she's Impressive. just like a great voice actress. She's also on Parenthood. I've never watched Parenthood. Yeah. I've heard good things though. So her as Katara is really good. And I have no idea who played Aang. I know this was his only thing. Uh yeah, Aang was um Zach something. He was a young kid and I don't know if I don't think he's done anything else. Um The guy who did Sokka has done a couple of Yeah, other he's things. still a voice actor. Um they brought back Sokka as an adult on Korra, and it's the one thing I really liked about Korra. It was Chris Hardwick. Wait, who was? Chris Hardwick is adult Sokka. He's like in his 90s. Wait a minute. It had to be flashbacks, because Sokka's dead by the beginning of Korra, Sokka right? dies when he's in his 40s. Oh, okay. He gets assassinated, but there's Spoiler a... Spoiler alert, sorry. There's a flashback, and it's Chris Hardwick as That's Sokka, awesome. and That's he's cool. great. Yeah, the guy who played Aang, Zach, Tyler, and... Eisen or whatever only really did this. He only did one other thing after this, and it was nothing. And then Sokka's Jack Desenia, and he's done a bunch of stuff. I thought weird. Man, maybe not. 
But anyways. Um, and then Dante Basco. Basco. Yeah, he's great. That's Rufio. It's Rufio. amazing. Oh. I love Rufio. He's um, some voice acts, right? Uh, Dante Bosco? Yeah, he does... He did something else. Um, well, he did Legends of Korra. Yes, he did. What else does he has he been doing? He's been on... Da, 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 Avatar. A bunch of random things here and there. He did whatever Zevo 3 is. He voiced Spider-Man and Ultimate Spider... Or Scorpion and Ultimate Spider-Man. He just does things here and there also apparently he's like the coolest guy <laughs> that's from what i understand yes i know he's done some stuff on like um channel awesome yeah with nostalgia critic and stuff like that which is just cool so yeah one thing i loved in this episode they bring up like uh your scar is on the wrong side i love your zuko cosplay but <laughs> your scar's on the wrong side and he's like no it's not which you know it legitimately can't be because he is zuko <laughs> so yeah um also, when Zuko tries to come into their lives and, and be Aang's teacher, mm-hmm. that entrance for him, is, for me, is just When they're like, at the airbender, they're at an air temple, right? Yeah. And he's like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> that, that whole sequence is hysterical. Yeah. <sighs> um, Good show. Just, this episode is great, but there are so many flaws. There are a lot of flaws in it. Uh, yeah, I guess. it's It is a little annoying that they, like stopped in their tracks for this like the episode before the finale like i kind of get them doing a recap but come on guys you have one other like you're gonna waste an episode on this like right before the final boss type of thing it reminded me of when um south park was gonna reveal who cartman's mom was oh and they did the um terrence and philip Philip episode yeah this is the terrence and philip episode it yeah kind of is i have a hard time disagreeing with that um so how many bagels? Um, this is a good episode. I like the um, commentary on itself. It's always fun, and it's not like it's too scathing. Because sometimes you get people who are like making comments on like their critics, and it's obnoxious. This really wasn't like that. Um, this would probably be for me. I'm gonna say. Four bagels are missing, so I'm gonna give this a nine. Um, and it's missing because the Ang Katara stuff's a little annoying, um, and nothing else really happens. This doesn't propel the plot forward in any way. I know it's a a recap episode, but there's nothing that is really even done in terms of like character development or anything like that. So yeah, that that's where I am I'm at for the for that. I'm taking out three ten are left. Uh, Basically for the same reasons you said, but there are a lot of... The writing is very strong in this episode. Mm-hmm. Addressing the emotions and love of like teenagers, preteens, and, and them not knowing what they want was actually handled pretty well. And also, I, I, the, I just love any time Zuko gets to hang out with the gang now. Like, yeah, those, those interactions are enjoyable. Yeah, now that he's like part of their team, it's just really good. So, yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So, uh, next week, we are bringing back something we haven't done in a while. Uh, so, we haven't done half dozens in a while because we had to get every single Twilight Zone to you guys. <laughs> and um, some stuff got jumbled in June. 
and we had to get you the room and mystery team. So we will be back with a half dozen. I know it's been a while. Thank you for being patient. <laughs> Thank you for tweeting at us. And we didn't mention this in the last podcast. Follow us on Twitter. <laughs> yep, follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Um, shoot us an email at writersbagelbasket.com. Or at, at gmail. gmail.com. Yeah, good stuff. Um, I know there was an issue with SoundCloud, you were saying, potentially. So SoundCloud might be going away. Uh, we'll talk about this on the half dozen. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Chance the Rapper bought them out for the next two years, so that gives us time to find a new provider mm-hmm. um so yeah so until next week i'm scott Curlin. i'm doy stearns smell you later bye <laughs>